Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. It is time for our 2024 off-season blueprint. When Garrett and I break down all we could see happening, obviously we don't have the crystal ball, but this is how we could see it playing out for the Ravens this offseason. It's officially off-season mode. The Super Bowl's done. Kind of let's kind of. I feel like this is when the healing process begins. All right. I think it's. Every, I think it's been underway for yeah. the past couple of weeks, and now you now you at least have concrete things to start looking forward to. Exactly. Exactly. So, Garrett, with no further ado, let's get into the Ravens. Have a lot of free agents. Okay, and you know, there's there's varying numbers of how many free agents it is based on void years and all that stuff. Uh, but it's 20 plus. It's mm-hmm. over 20. Right. So there's a lot of work to be done. We're not going to go through every single guy here, but let's take turns and go through some of the big names on the Ravens pending unrestricted free agent list and talk about what we could see in vision. What we can yeah. see happening here. And just to kind of set the stage, I, I think this in terms of you, you look at the the number of players and the quality of players. And this to me is the most significant free agent class that the Ravens have had in a long time. You have impact players on both sides of the ball who the Ravens have to make some difficult decisions about. And they're also going to be going to be pressed tight against a salary cap. Because they have some really good players under contract. Lamar Jackson, of course, is signed under contract. They have other guys like Mark Andrews and others on this team. So it's not like they have a ton of salary cap space. Mm-hmm. And then you have some players who have really emerged. Patrick Queen, Justin Matabike at the top of that list, who are now set to hit the open market and get some big time money. So just to kind of set the stage there, I think you start the conversation here with Queen and Matabike. Those are the two. So in terms of Patrick Queen... You know, I, I would love to find a way to get him back here. I would absolutely love it. I think that he's a player that I've really liked since the time that the Ravens drafted him. I've been high on him, even when it was people were low on him, you know, and it seemed like in his second, early in his third season, people were kind of doubting him. I've always liked him as a player, as a person. I think he's a great fit. I think it's challenging, though, to pay two inside linebackers top dollar. The mm-hmm. Ravens have already paid Roquan Smith. And so it's hard for me to fi- see a way that the Ravens can pay two of the best five inside linebackers in the game a top dollar. It, I just it's hard for me to see that as yeah. much as I want it. Like I want to find a way for them to to keep both those guys, both those guys mm-hmm. and keep the Queen Roquan duo together, but I'm having a hard time seeing that the Ravens are able to make that happen. Look, at the at the end of the day, this is what we all said when the Ravens signed Roquan Smith to the extension. Even when they traded for Roquan Smith and gave up a second round pick, that they were making a major commitment to Roquan Smith. And that was, they still felt really great about Patrick Queen, but then they didn't pick up the fifth year option because that would have been expensive also. Yeah. A contract extension, he, he, he's played, since then he's become a pro bowler and, and an all pro. And so he's only made that value go up from what it would have been when they declined the fifth year option. So I just don't think dollars and cents, it it probably, I just don't think it really makes sense. It's not feasible for the Ravens to make that happen. I mean, he's probably going to get a deal in the neighborhood of what Rogue One got. So you're looking at probably $20 million a year for, for Patrick Queen. You know, he could get a five year, hundred million dollar contract or something in that neighborhood. And that's a, that's a hefty price to pay when you've already got the guy next to him who's making that amount of money. Well, and it boils down to really this offseason. Can the Ravens retain one of Patrick Patrick Queen or Justin Matabike? 
And to me, when you already have Roquan Smith playing next to Patrick Queen, you have Trenton Simpson, who is not to Patrick Queen's level yet, but showed promise, showed growth over his rookie season, showed promise in that season finale against the Steelers. You have kind of an heir apparent there in waiting. He's going to have to work and, and become a better player and all that stuff, as all young players do. But I think Trenton Simpson's probably the guy who gets a, a shake at becoming the Patrick Queen replacement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's harder to envision who that player would be replacing Justin Matabike moving forward. He's a rare dude. And look, Patrick McQueen is too. Not many guys are as good as him. But when you talk about interior pressure, the quickness, the explosion, the the need there, I think even watching the Super Bowl, you see Chris Jones wrecking shop against the 49ers. It stresses even more the importance of having that interior pressure guy, defensive tackle, who can cause nightmares for the opposing offense. Justin Matabike is that guy. Mm -hmm. Led all NFL defensive tackles in sacks last year. This is an ascending player, I think. He's still ascending. And to me, if if you are able to sign one of them long-term, it makes more sense for the Ravens to do that with Justin Matabike. I think with Matabike, he's going to be on the team in 2024. It's a question of whether he's franchised or whether the Ravens work out a long-term contract. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is the question. And I think they're going to work really hard to get that long-term contract. Look, right now, they're projected. uh, This is Brian McFarley of Russell Street Report, who does great work on the Ravens salary cap, kind of predicting it, breaking this whole thing down. Check out Brian's work at Russell Street Report. Brian projects the Ravens are going to have about $3.6 million under the salary cap. That's what they're going to start at. And so that's not a whole lot of room, especially when you're talking the sal- the franchise tag for Justin Matabike is projected to be just over $20 million, 20.3. So you're already d- well into the red. 17 mil in the red. Yeah. So they'd have a lot of work to do to make that work. To me, it makes a whole lot more sense. And I think the Ravens would prefer to get a long-term deal done with Justin Matabike. That doesn't... That doesn't mean they could still tag him and then get a long-term deal done after that. That's certainly an avenue they could go down. They've done it before. But I think ultimately that's what the aim will be. Yeah, I think the franchise tag, just looking at how these things have gone in the past, like that seems like a pretty likely option that they could use the franchise tag as a band-aid to eventually try to work out that long-term deal. It happened last year with Lamar Jackson. Right. So... It's happened plenty of times. I think that that could very well be the scenario. Now, the the the, the trickiest part of that is you really want to get that done, obviously, prior to the actual new league year starting. That's the key there, you know, mm. because then you know exactly how much money you have to work with. For sure. Last year, the Ravens went in there with Lamar tagged, and then they ended up working out the extension right before the draft. And so, in theory, you would like to try to get that done prior to free agency opening. Right. Now, but it still worked out all right for the Ravens. It still Ravens. worked out okay. So, it doesn't really... It, it, it can work both that, ways, but, yeah. but you would prefer it to go the other way. So, the first kind of big date as we're looking at these free agents here... It, it, not those two in particular. I agree with everything you said on, on Matabike. But the next big date as we're looking at some of these other free agents is February 19th, which is mm-hmm. next Monday. Mm-hmm. And that's where the years for guys who have void years on a contract. Basically, that those get voided if a new contract is not reached by Monday. February 19th mm-hmm. is the deadline. And the players who fall into that category, it's Kevin Zeitler, Nelson Aguilar, Geno Stone, Gus Edwards, and Rocky Seen. So basically, and, if they don't work out a deal, then you got to carry their dead money right. next year. So essentially, 
Monday's the deadline to work out a deal with those any of those guys if you want to have them here next year. Mm-hmm. It's not technically you could still pass that deadline and then sign them, but then you're paying for the you're dead money, penalty. and then you're also then paying the, for the new contract. So mm-hmm. from an accounting standpoint, it makes sense to get that deal done right. prior to Monday. Certainly. And those guys are? Yeah, that's that's the Zeitler, Aguilar, Gino, Gus Edwards, Rockasine. Right. So let's start with Zeitler because to me, he, he is the most likely. If I look at all these free agents, I'm like, who's back? Zeitler to me <laughs> just feels like he's at the top of that list. He, he was a pro bowler this year. They've already had conversations with him about extending that contract. He basically sounded at, at locker cleanout day like, let's just go sign these papers right now and get the deal done. I think right. he wants to be here. The Ravens want him here. It just seems like that's going to work out. I, I would agree. There's not a natural right guard replacement. That would probably be Ben Cleveland. But I think you offensive line and, and upgrading the offensive line is a priority this offseason. And part of that is keeping the pro bowler who has been Mr. Reliable on that offensive line. Yeah, totally. So in terms of the other guys in that group, I mean, I could see the Ravens extending Aguilar. I think he was a really good fit. It was a one-year deal. I liked him from a leadership standpoint. I liked him from a production standpoint. Thought he played well. Um, I don't expect that it would it would be a, a big big expensive deal. I think it could work out for both sides. He liked it here. The Ra- the Ravens, I think, were probably pretty pleased with what he offered. Yeah, and I, we're going to talk about the receivers, but it, there's questions in the receiver group. So, you know, I think that having him there, it's kind of like last year. Like, the Ravens signed him last year, and it was like, okay, lots of questions here, still lots to unfold, but if nothing else, you know you got Aguilar in place, and mm-hmm. I could see a similar situation mm-hmm. uh, this year. Geno Stone, I would love to bring him back, but I also think that he could fall into a category of a guy who may have priced himself out. I think Gino is going to test the market. I, I think, think so. I, I think that Gino is going to see what's out there for him and whether other teams view him as their starter that they want to plug and play. Led the AFC in interceptions this year. And so when you have a career year, generally speaking, you want to test the market, especially when coming back to, and he loves the Ravens, he loves Baltimore, but he's not a projected starter mm-hmm. here next year. You know, Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton are. He would still play a big role just as he did this year, but he probably wants to be a 17 game starter plug and play guy. And, uh, and I think he's going to test the market. All right. So the next guy on that, on that list is Gus. And this kind of is a larger conversation to me about running back, Mm -hmm. the running backs who are in place for next year is justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell's coming off a torn ACL. So who knows exactly when he's ready to roll at full speed. Yeah. I I think that you can, you, you cannot put all your eggs in the Keaton Mitchell basket and expect him to be, if he had stayed healthy all year, he might've been RB one going into next season. I don't think that you can put him in that position going into next year. He, whatever you get from Keaton Mitchell, I think is a bonus and he might, it might be a lot. He he might be Mm -hmm. great, but just, banking on a guy coming off a serious knee injury, I think is risky. Well, and then so Gus Edwards, JK Dobbins, both free agents. Right. And, you know, Gus has been a a steady Eddie, Mr. Reliable for this team since he was signed here as an undrafted free agent. I I don't know if either of those guys are back. I mean, I think that that it's, what, what is your take on what happens with the running back group? Like, I don't know that Gus is necessarily back. Mm-hmm. J.K., obviously, he's coming off the injury. I think that he may be looking for a fresh start and looking to go somewhere else and, mm-hmm. you know, get a kind of a fresh start to his career. Gus, you know, if it works out for him to come back, but he's a little bit of a t- tougher one to peg how that plays out to me. I, I would agree. I think that 
The Ravens know what Gus Edwards offers. I think it'll come down the price. Does the rest of the league really see? I mean, this is a guy that's now cut, had a knee injury in his career. There's a fair amount of tread on those tires. I don't expect the market to be particularly robust for Gus Edwards, probably, even though he has been steadily good mm-hmm. over his career. That's just what it is for free agent running backs. It's not it hasn't been a very fruitful uh, environment place to be. So I think that's probably a scenario where you wait and see what happens. I don't expect that Gus Edwards probably would sign a deal in the first few days of free agency. He'd probably be out there for a little bit. And if depending on what happens in the draft, what else happens in free agency, maybe it works out down the line. That's yeah. probably what I would expect with Gus. And then for receivers, like we mentioned Nelson Aguilar, but the Ravens still have other questions just at the receiver. Or, or, sorry, yeah. the other thing could be, I don't know what the void year hit would be on Gus. If they could work out a, a, a really friendly deal before that happens to, to not have the void hit, maybe I could see that, you know, and Gus says, you know what? I've seen the free agency market at running back. I don't really particularly want to be on it. Mm-hmm. And so if the Ravens offer me a deal... I'm going to take it. Yeah, the, the the dead money, if they don't work out a deal, is 1.84 on Gus. So that's not nothing. Yeah. Almost two mil. Yeah, and on Zeitler... When just, you're tight. <laughs> on Zeitler, to, to speak to that, it's it's 4.3, which right. also that leads... That, that's part of the reason why I feel like right. the Zeitler deal is going to get done. I could see a Gus one-year mm-hmm. one deal, maybe a two-year, Yeah, before he hits the market. If I'm Gus, I prob- and the Ravens come and say, we're interested in bringing you back, I, I'm listening. Yeah, I, I do think that... Big picture, I do think the Ravens will add new running backs to this group. For sure. I think even regardless of what happens with Gus, I do think that they will add some new running backs to this mix because Keaton is a question mark coming Mm -hmm. back from the injury. You're probably going to lose J.K. So whether that's free agency or the draft, I think the Ravens will add to the running back group this year. I agree. All right. So receiver, we mentioned Nelson Aguilar, but Odell Beckham Jr. is not technically a free agent, but based on the way his contract is structured, he he essentially mm-hmm. is a free agent this year. He sounded at, at the end of the season like he likely is gone. Like it did not sound to me. When he was asked about returning to the Ravens, he basically said, how do I say this politically correct? Right. You know, whenever you're bringing out the PC talk, <laughs> yeah. it's generally not a sign. Now that's not no shade on anybody. I think that Odell really liked it here with the Ravens and, and enjoyed his year here. I think he probably envisioned bigger production, more production. That, that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whether he's, going to do that here or elsewhere remains to be seen. I don't know at this point in his career whether, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to be a thousand yard receiver again for mm-hmm. any team. But um, I think he probably wants to find out. Yeah, I think I, I think Odell was, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about that contract because it was a big number. I thought that he was certainly worth that contract when you bring all the things into, into play of what he added to the team this year. I mean, it was yeah. an expensive contract, but I thought that he was somebody who was a great fit in the locker room, well-liked by his teammates, thought he elevated this team this Most year. Most importantly, well-liked by Lamar Jackson uh, yes. before he signed his contract extension. Yeah, also. I thought he was worth it. and But I also... he. Odell is somebody who could wait it out. You know, I think that there's a few guys on this team from a free agency standpoint, him being one of them, who could wait and see how things play out. He could wait a while Mm -hmm. and make a decision as to where he wants to play next year. Um, But I, so, you know, then you have Zay Flowers and and Rashad Bateman. Ravens made it clear that they expect, you know, Rashad Bateman to take another step this year. That's a good combination right there. Yeah. 
I think with Bateman, the important thing is he's coming off a year where he is fully healthy the whole year. And that is really important because you go back to last year, similar to the Keaton Mitchell situation, I think the Ravens couldn't really put all their eggs in that basket mm-hmm. because of the injury history and you weren't sure how he was going to be coming off the foot surgery and all that. Now I think you can realistically count on more from Rashad Bateman because he's in a good place with his health. Yeah. I, and I think that the expectation is that he's going to take a big step. I mean, this is guy the Ravens drafted in the first round, right? Yep. They will have to make a decision this offseason about his fifth year option, right. which, you know, they could decide not to pick that up. Right. And then he would be going into a contract year and this could be a basically a prove it year. I expect probably a Patrick Queen kind of year for him. Yeah. You're saying prove it. It's a prove it fourth year. Well, year I was going to say, I was going to say output wise, that would be amazing. Uh, out, oh, output wise, that would be fantastic too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that he's going to probably have a, you know, Year four, probably hit free agency after that. Rashad is going to know that it's a huge year for him. He mm. can cash in big time with a big season, just like PQ is going to do. That's the route I probably expect this to go. Yeah, I, I do think there will be also some new blood in the receiver room. I, I don't know if that is through free agency or the draft or both, <laughs> but I do think that there will be this. this There's definitely going to be new blood from the draft. Yeah. 100% they're going to draft a, a wide Eric's receiver Costa at some ha- point. Eric Zacosta has shown during his time as general manager, he's just going to keep restocking that yeah. room. I, I don't use the draft primarily to do that. I don't expect that it's probably going to be free agency, that they're going to be in, active in the wide receiver free agent market. That's a very rich market to be in. The Ravens don't have a lot of money. They have these young players. Uh, you know, Devin Duvernay is another question mark. Do they bring him back? He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Exactly. You know, they could wait and see on that. Probably. He's not probably a player that gets scooped up immediately. I think that, And if they bring back Nelson Aguilar, they're already in a pretty good position with three wide receivers, Zay, Bateman, Aguilar, that they can count on reasonably and then add to that mix with maybe a free agent down the line, Mm -hmm. down the line in the middle of the summer that you add or before training camp. But mostly, I think some young blood, another rookie. Yeah. All right. So the other free agents to hit on here, it's the vets. And this is the, these are the guys to the Ravens side late in the process last year to Davion Clowney, Kyle Van Noy. And I would even put Ronald Darby in that mix. He didn't have quite the breakout mm-hmm. or big time season as those guys but played a really important role on this team. Mm-hmm. Ravens signed all three of them late, had really good seasons. Do you think any of them are back this year? Do you think they're my, my take real quick on it is that the most likely one to me who's back is Clowney. Mm-hmm. Like he sounded to me like a guy who would love to find a way to stay here. He's done all these one year deals in his career. Mm-hmm. Like would it surprise me if the Ravens worked out another one year deal with him? Right. Would not surprise me. I also think that for all of them, the the timeline could it could wait. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of them are going to be signed before the new league year opens. That, has, been, that has not been Clowney's MO. Yeah. Uh, I'll be really interested to see what the market is for those guys. Obviously they had massive seasons, Clowney with nine and a half sacks and Van Noy with nine, but these are got veterans that the league had pretty much kind of decided, eh, they might be done, you know, or close to it. They proved otherwise. Yep. Now, is the league buying that? Are they buying the resurgence season from them? Or are they still questioning it? That's the, that, that's the question. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in bringing those guys back at the right price, but they might, they probably will feel like they deserve a pretty nice payday after the years they had. Totally. So I expect that they probably get to the mark, get to market both sides see what they come in at and they keep in touch. And if the Ravens can make it work and offer what the other teams are, or close to at least what other teams are offering, then I think their Ravens will be interested. 
I think it's going to be somewhat similar to how things have played out with Justin Houston in past years. Mm-hmm. Like the Ravens, he was on the team three years ago, then went into the offseason, and then they basically was the feel it out process and he made the decision to come back. Ravens re-signed him. You know, the, last year he ended up signing late in the process too. Obviously went to Carolina initially, mm-hmm. but I think it could be similar with these guys. These are veteran players who have been on the market. They've tested free agency. They've sat out there. They've done all of that. So yep. I don't know that it's going to get done right away. And I don't know that it has to mm-hmm. either. Wasn't it Van Noy who joked after he got <laughs> signed? Who needs training camp? You know, and he had a big <laughs> game. So like, I don't know. So how do you think they feel about OTAs? <laughs> yeah. So like, I feel like they are confident <laughs> In, in waiting it out. Yeah. But also, if they feel like they get a deal from the Ravens or from another team, that they're like, man, this is too good of a deal to pass up, they would sign it. Yeah, I don't I don't expect that the that that's probably coming. Yeah, I, I don't I, think that somebody's gonna come in with wow a two, two year twenty mil, mm-hmm. you know, for, for those guys. Yeah, I think I my get my projection is that they probably waited out. Yeah. And maybe one of them ends up back here. Dar- Darby's an interesting one. We don't talk about him much at all, but like Darby played a really important role for this team this year with for Marlon sure. Humphrey basically on the shelf for a good portion of the season. The cornerback question is, is an important one because you still are, you're in a similar position to what you were last year where you had these two young players that you really like in Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams that you like two fourth round picks, but because of injuries, you just haven't seen a whole lot of them. You saw more of Jalen Armour Davis, and I thought he played well at points this season, but you still can't really go into 2024 saying, yeah, you know, I'm definitely sure that guy's my number three. Uh, you love, I mean, whenever the cornerback conversation starts, you immediately go to the number three corner. That's well, where no, you, no, no, no. I'm, not, you, I'm, not, even saying, I'm not even saying the slot corner. I'm just saying, like, beyond your two starters, this would be the next guy up. Like, if uh, yeah, Marlon or Brandon Stevens went, were injured, yeah. that you have confidence, confidence that that guy can step in. I think the, the thing with the cornerback... But we'll have the slot corner conversation. <laughs> Believe that. Honestly, I think the, the question with the cornerback is you got to make sure that Marlon, Hel- Marlon Humphrey is healthy after kind of a, an injury-riddled season. And I think that that's going to be his focus and the Ravens' focus is making sure that he's healthy and ready to go. It's going to be a big year for Marlon. I yeah. mean, this is one of the team's highest paid guys. Yeah. And he, it was a rough 2023 campaign for him. He It's a it's a prove it, big time prove it year for him to come back and show he can still be that elite guy. So we mentioned briefly Rashad Bateman in the fifth year option decision, but he's not the only one the Ravens have to make that decision on. There's also also Adafi Owe. So the Ravens had two first round picks that season, so they have to make that decision on both those guys. How do you see that playing out? And and also, do you have the numbers right. on those two guys? Yeah, the deadline for that decision is May 2nd. Okay. And according to overthecap.com, Rashad Bateman's would be $13.8 million for... That's not 2024, that's 2025. Right. That would be a salary cap hit. And then Odafe always would be $12.2 million for 2025. Yeah. I think Odafe's is a tougher decision. Um, You know, outside linebacker... It's not a it's not a crazy dollar figure for an outside linebacker. He's a guy that's ascending. He's coming off his best season this year. <sighs> that's tough. tough. I mean, if you view him as as a guy, a young player, I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, he was the Ravens' most improved player last year. Yeah. This season in 2023. And so if you see him as as a really ascending player and he's this is a double digit sack guy, twelve point two is not a bad number for 2025. Yeah. And so that's, that's a little bit of a, a more difficult decision in my mind. It's kind of like 
you know, with Patrick Queen, the Ravens had a tough decision a year ago about right. whether now not the exact same circumstance, but you know, then Queen has a huge season. The price just only goes up. Right. Uh, Owe is a pass rusher. If you decide not to put the tag on him and not to put the fifth year option on mm-hmm. him, then he goes out there and has a monster season. Well, well, now he may have priced himself out. Well- Potentially, yeah. I mean, you can make the same case for Rashad Bateman, right? Right. I mean, at thirteen eight, would it, Odell Beckham just was one year fifteen? Yeah. Now, that, Odell, if if Bateman goes out and has a big year, he could get more than that. Mm-hmm. Both yeah, those that, guys that's, could. You're always you're always dealing with the risk reward on all of that, right? Um, Adafe. Neither of them are a slam dunk mm-hmm. for sure in either direction. Yeah. yeah. Adafe, you know, he's dealt with some injuries. You know, kind of similar story for both these guys. Yeah. Not not. Season ending, not major, but nagging. Yes, N- yes, that's correct. And and that have limited his production. And it's there's been times where it feels like, oh man, this guy is turning a corner and he's he is going to make all these plays. And you're starting to see it, and the, the, the light turned on, or whatever mm-hmm. phrase you want to use. And then he's been set back by some injuries. I agree with you. I think it's a tougher decision. I don't know which way the Ravens go on that. Yeah, I. I, I that also have difficulty projecting that. Yeah. Because you also factor in David Ajabo, who now back-to-back years, you know, season-ending injuries. Uh, really, well, I mean, his rookie year, he was kind of a season-starting injury. Season-starting and then season-ending, yeah. correct. Um, and, and so if you don't extend the fifth-year option to Odafe, I mean, you could be starting over, not starting over in 2025. David Ajabo will be going into the final yeah. year of his four-year deal, but... Oof. You're you're getting thinner there. Yeah, you really. You're, you need to start drafting some outside linebackers high and and often. And we're going to talk about drafting all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And as you start talking about all this stuff, it's like the you, you only you can only address so many positions in the draft and in free agency, especially right. when we're talking about expensive positions like outside linebacker and receiver. Those are That's typically correct. expensive positions, especially in free agency. The ideal scenario is that you draft, develop, and then keep those guys. Right. That's the best case scenario. And so, you know, that I think all of that is going to factor into the decision on whether the Ravens ultimately determine to um, extend that fifth year option to OA. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll look at some other elements of free agency and also look ahead to the draft and how the Ravens could plan to attack both the draft and free agency. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Lounge Podcast. We're coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. We want to give a shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. They're an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens. They've got a promo running right now. You don't want to miss this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code FLOCK. If you are a new user, you can get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Again, the promo code is FLOCK at DraftKings. You need to be at least 21 years or older to play and physically present in Maryland. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. So in terms of some of the deadlines and the key dates over the course of the next uh, couple of months here, February 20th is the first date that you can apply that franchise tag. You have from the 20th of February until March 5th. So that's where you can decide uh, whether you're going to tag guys. If, if, Using Justin Matabike as the example, if the Ravens determine he's going to be here next year one way or another, they have to put the tag on him by by March, March 5th. Mm-hmm. Or then they have to work out that long-term extension before free agency opens, which is the next date free agency officially opens on March 11th. Right. So that's when, well, that's when the, 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 the legal, legal tampering period that's begins. Correct. Is March 11th. So 
you know, those are the next kind of key dates. And you would think, you know, the other piece of this process that always unfolds is that you go through a process of, of salary cap maneuvering, salary cap cuts. And right. that happens typically before free agency opens. As you mentioned, the Ravens are projected to have only about $3 million in salary cap space. And that's before you talk about bringing back a guy like Matt Abike and or these other players. Yeah. Bringing back a... Kevin Zeitler. Zeitler, Egler, whoever you're going to bring back that we already talked about. Yeah. So in order to do that, you probably got to trim some of that salary cap. And so then you have to cut, you know, cut guys or Or adjust contracts, whether that's extensions or salary cap cuts, pay cuts. cuts. Mm -hmm. There's a variety of different ways that you can approach it. But, you know, every year you have to go through this process of looking at potential salary cap cuts. That's correct. And so... The Ravens don't, when you go down the list, they don't have a lot of logical candidates where you say, oh yeah, that that's definitely happening. Some of that, but not much this year. I think some of their bigger decisions are quite honestly going to have to, are going to be on Ronnie Stanley. That's one of the biggest decisions I think they have to make this, this offseason, and that's a tough one. Here's a player who's been an all-pro over his career, but by his own admission, did not have his best season this past year. Obviously, injuries have been a major part of his story in recent in the past three years. Uh, having after the the major ankle injury, came all the way back from that, then sat out the following year as well. Came back this year and and a couple of knee injuries, and uh, that he dealt with throughout the season, and and he just hasn't played to his the level that he was at before he signed the extension. That's just what uh-huh. it's been, and so the Ravens. Uh, have to make really the decision by March 13th. That's when the, I'm sorry, by March 18th, that's the fifth day of the new league year and contract triggers, uh, like basically bonuses would trigger on that date uh, by 4 p.m. And one of those would be a a big one for Ronnie Stanley. So basically if he's still on the team uh, by March 18th, then he's, he's going to be on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They would, they would have to decide whether they're, they're ready to move on and take a salary cap benefit. If if the Ravens were to release Ronnie Stanley before that date, they could save eight point three million dollars. Mm-hmm. Again, I I don't know what's going to. That's a decision they have to make. That's yeah. a that's a tough one on Ronnie because you look at it. Who, who's your left tackle? Yeah, you know Patrick McCary. You know he's his yeah. value has really been in being that sixth lineman who can slide in at either tackle spot. Uh, or really anywhere on the offensive line, that's valuable. Keeping him in that in that role, you'd have to draft somebody most likely high, or spend a fair amount of money in free agency to bring back another veteran. Are you going to spend more than eight million dollars? You know, well, if, if, that, if that's a starting save, le- if it's a starting left tackle, you probably are, unless you're basically trying to go the route like you did with a Clowney or a Van Noy, and then you kind of strike gold yeah, exactly. and you say, "I'm going to take this chance and get a veteran player who the league is kind of cast aside and hope that Alejandro, they turn into Alejandro Villanueva." Yeah, it went the other direction it on that went, one, right? Exactly. And so the, there's risk on the, when you make go that route. Exactly. Um, I mean, you have a young tackle in Daniel Falele but he's been really more of a right tackle. You have That's more of a decision with Morgan Moses and Falele, whether you feel like he's ready at that position. So you, there's, not a, there's not a left tackle waiting in the wings, and left tackles are expensive, to our point. And so it's a difficult decision for the Ravens in that regard. Yeah, That, that could be one where, you know, we talk about pay cuts and adjustments. That could be one where they look at a different way to adjust that contract. Yeah, totally. And so, I mean, March 18th is the, is that basically the deadline for that, but I would expect for really these moves, 
if there are salary cap cuts to happen prior to the start of free agency. It doesn't that I would agree. You want to know what you have at the start of free agency, but I don't think that the Ravens are in a position where they're going to be making moves in the first one or two days of free agency. Mm -hmm. Let's just dive right into that right now. Yeah, they they just, they just don't. I mean, the fact of the matter is Lamar Jackson's salary cap hit jumps from in 2023. It was $22.1 million. It jumps to 32.4. Yeah. Okay. So there's $11 million that you don't have that you had the luxury of spending this past off season, right? When you talk about bringing guys like Clowney, Van Noy, I mean, add them up of different players they brought in for $11 million, probably a lot. Mm-hmm. That's out the window. And so the Ravens do not, you know, you talk about bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. for one year 15. You know, I don't see that happening this year. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't have the space. And so, Sure, you'd like to know what you have going into free agency, but I expect the free agency free agent moves that the Ravens are going to make are going to be in the second, third, fourth, fifth wave of free agency. Where they've hey, that's when they got Clowney. That's when they got Van Noy was midway th- partway through the season. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they Eric DaCosta has done really well surfing those waves of free agency. Uh, the, the We should call them the ripples. <laughs> yeah. The free agency ripples. Uh-huh. And um, and so I expect that that's where the Ravens are going to have to make hay again this year. Yeah, I think where I look at free agency, I, I think the area where the Ravens, in my mind, will most likely look to address, and I don't know what wave it comes in on, but I think the offensive line is going to be a real point of emphasis for the team. You talked about Ronnie Stanley. You know, I, I looked it up using the Chiefs as the example, you know, they redid their offensive line, their tackle positions this offseason. Mm-hmm. They signed Jawan Taylor to, as a right tackle. Now, he got a big deal, four-year, $80 million contract. Mm-hmm. On the left side, they had Donovan Smith, mm-hmm. who was a th- one-year, $3 million contract. So, value signing on the left yeah. side. Now, not to say those tackles were perfect, but just using them as an example, I, mm-hmm. I do think that the Ravens will look to try to find ways to upgrade the offensive line. I think it's it's really hard to do that at the left tackle position in free agency because top-tier left tackles don't hit the market a ton, and when they do, they go for major dollars. Yeah. And so that's the challenge of trying to address it in free agency. But I do think that the Ravens will be able to find a vet or, or two to come in. Like, they've done that. I the mean, question is, at what spot? Left guard? They could try it at left guard. You know, they could bring John in, Simpson's a free agent. It, Depending on what they decide at left tackle, they could try to bring in a Donovan Smith type player. Mm-hmm. Um, again, risk reward there, mm-hmm. and you you run the risk of getting somebody who doesn't pan out, right? Or you could get somebody that turns out to be a home run, like you did with Van Noy. So I think that right. there's there could be mm-hmm. there's there's two sides to that coin. Yep. Um. So yeah, I think left. You know, they also have a decision to make a right tackle, too. I think Morgan Moses, you know, he dealt with some injury this year. Um, Generally been a very reliable player. Reliable, good player. Good good player. That was a great signing for them. It's been a great signing. And so are you going to find better on the market? I don't know that you are. I think that if you were to move on there, I think that Falele would be the guy that you probably just say he's most likely going to be our starting right tackle. Part of this is, is... How do the Ravens feel about some of their young offensive linemen that they've been developing? We've talked about how they do such a good job developing offensive linemen. Well, so does do those guys get a chance, or do you go out and try to to spend, you know, to find a veteran at that position? You know, you have a guy like Sala who we're all really excited about last summer at the chance that he might, 
you know, be the starting left guard as a, a sixth round rookie. You know, it didn't end up panning out, but you know, this is a developmental good prospect. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you have Falele, who we already talked about, Ben Cleveland, who's now has more experience under his belt and has played, you know, reasonably pretty well when he's gotten in there. So what do you see? I, I, I tend to agree with you that like, as wide receiver was the position last year where they said, we're going to invest at wide receiver and really upgrade that unit. That's where we felt like we were lacking. It feels to me like the offensive line was an issue for the offense last year. That was really, I think the thing that was holding it back. And so if they're going to be aggressive in addressing any position group to me, I agree that would probably be the one, the other one, that I think they'll be in the free agency market in is running back. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think I think it's offensive line and, and running back. And yeah. John Simpson, by the way, the left guard, he is a free agent this offseason. That's what I said, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, it's not like right. you, you just have a position to fill at left guard. Right. Whether that you could Sala or a veteran. Like, I think if there's a, a Kevin Zeitler out there right. at left guard in free agency, the Ravens would be all ears. And you could try to bring back Simpson. That's an option. Mm-hmm. But you could try to get the Kevin Zeitler... Whoever that Kevin Zeitler player is this year, I'm with you. Exactly. Running back is the other interesting one. You know, there were plenty. There was plenty of buzz that the Ravens were interested in some of these, or one in particular, uh, free, mm-hmm. uh, running back at the trade deadline, and, and being that rumored guy, Derrick Henry. He's going to be a free agent. Um, there's going to be other free agent running backs. We didn't even mention Dalvin Dalvin Cook. Yeah, right. He was on the team at the end of the year. Is that a position, you know, Saquon Barkley is is a guy who could hit the market. Uh, now, he would be very expensive. Did you just finish saying the Ravens aren't making any moves in the first week of free agency? Uh, running back is... is <laughs> running back is Saquon one, Barkley would be no, a wave. Saquon Barkley's not happening. Okay, <laughs> I love Saquon Barkley. I think he'd be awesome. He's a leader, player, all that. I'm sorry, Ravens fans, but don't count on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do not, that is too rich for the Ravens' blood, I think. Now, Derrick Henry, like, what? what's the market for Derrick Henry? You know, like, this is a veteran running back. He's taken a lot of hits. He's still been productive, but he's been, you know, veteran running backs, the, as we've said, the market has not been friendly to them. Yeah, what's really, his number come in at? The, the market hasn't been friendly to running backs in general. I mean, that was, right. the, yeah, was the huge talking point around the NFL. Dalvin Cook at the center of that conversation. Str- certainly. And this was a guy who was a thousand-year rusher for, I think, four or five straight years and then, you know, ends up signing a short-term deal and then, and then at the end of the year ends up on the Ravens. So yep. I think that predicting the running back market is next to impossible. Exactly. I think that it's, pr- it's, it's probably not very favorable for the backs. To That's be just one where... My point is, if that market is depressed as it was last offseason, I do think that's a position where maybe it comes down to the Ravens' price level. Yeah, and it, and is a an area where they look to add, especially if they weren't to bring back Gus Edwards, that they add a veteran, and you probably draft a running back at some point during the draft. You don't have to because you have Keaton. Yeah. But you could. And the, all right. So in terms of the draft, as we look ahead to that piece, you know, I think that where where I really expect the Ravens to look at opportunities within the draft is at some of those pricey positions. So mm-hmm. we mentioned receiver. I think that they will draft a receiver at some point. If you're looking to add tackles, a, a tackle, offensive tackle to this line, mm-hmm. whether it's a left tackle or a right tackle, or maybe somebody who has the ability to do both. I think that that is a likely option mm-hmm. in this draft. Now agree. it's and hard. An it's, outside linebacker to me is an outside linebacker. Line, we it's, talk it's about a yep. fifth year option and David Ajabo and you need some young, you need more developmental guys there too. Yeah. I think it could be defensive line. 
some premium positions in the draft. I mean, defensive line, if, if Matabike, who, yeah. if he weren't to come back, you certainly need that defensive end. You know, I, 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 I would have a hard time seeing a first round wide receiver, but never counted out. You know, Eric DaCosta has done it now three times. First round wide receiver. And he's determined to keep that room talented. Uh-huh. And, um, but to me, there's some pretty big needs on the defensive side of the ball. A cornerback. I mean, we were all talking about the possibility of a first round corner last all season. Now, Brandon Stevens stepped up. Brandon Stevens, by the way, is a guy. Could you reach an extension with him? It's not going to help you save a whole lot of money. If any mm-hmm. might cost you a little bit more, but you talk about players. It would be nice to know you have moving forward. Brandon Stevens would be high on my list. Yeah. Um, now that could happen at any time. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to happen. He's going into the, his fourth and final year of his contract. Right, but he would he would be a candidate totally. And so, um, you know, cornerback was a position that we talked a lot about as being a potential first round pick last year. So Marlon Humphrey now one year older have injury issues. That's another. You need more young depth there too. That's another position I think would be high in the pecking order potentially for the draft. So in the first round of the draft, Ravens are taking a corner tackle receiver. That's correct. Pass rusher. Yes. Yep. Yep. You got it. All four. You nailed it. <laughs> I mean, Eric Tacasa loves first round picks. <laughs> yeah, How many can we get? <laughs> um, so we will, of course, dive into the draft in, in much more detail over the course of the next uh, several weeks and months. But this gives you an overview. This gives you kind of a blueprint of what to expect over the course uh, of the next month leading into free agency. It's going to be a busy time for the Ravens. Let us know what you want to see happen. Send us your emails at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Whenever news happens, we're going to give you the analysis and breakdown on all of it. So make sure that you keep it locked here throughout the offseason and download the latest version of the Ravens mobile app. Turn on push notifications. So when news breaks, mm-hmm. we, we send a nice alert straight to your phone so that you're the first to know about it. So thank yep. you so much for listening. And we will be back with you again soon. Thank you.